there we go we're recording uh the niece lovely to see you where are you you need you're on mute so um unmute yourself bernice <laughs> helpful <laughs> sorry uh i'm in the netherlands you're in the Netherlands. Oh, very nice. We have a global audience, Australian, uh, Taiwan, UK, Belgium, Netherlands, uh, and, and growing. Amazing. <laughs> very lovely. Justina, welcome. Hello, everybody. Hello, Christine. Where, where are you calling in from, Justina? Uh, Taipei. Taipei. Oh, very Taiwan. good. And, and Michael, very good to see you. Colleen, yay. Theodore, I am uh, soon going to hand it over to Benny completely. Do you want to take the baton with welcoming and so on? Yeah. G'day, everyone. So awesome to see everyone's faces. I normally start with a bit of music. Is that all right if we just put a little bit of a groove on? Um, depending on where you've been today, if you're waking up, or if you're coming off a long day of Zooms and whatever else has been going on, it's nice to listen to a bit of a track and, you know, we're not quite at the top of the hour yet. So, yeah, I'm just going to put a bit of, bit of a tune on. Feel free to bop. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. It's a bit of an old, old classic. Film clip for this is just the best. Keep going because this is the best bit, right? 
How was the fade? That's uh, probably the closest I've ever got to being a DJ. Uh, I absolutely love having some music when we kick off. Oh, shaking it out a little bit. If you need to shake it a bit, feel free to do so. It's awesome to see everyone's faces. Uh, I apologize for my lighting. Uh, I look like I'm going to tell a ghost story. Maybe I will. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'd just love to, to welcome you in from wherever you're coming from. That song, um, Let's Groove. I think it's the first song I remember from being a child. I think. Uh, either that or something by John Farnham. And I didn't really feel like playing the voice this morning. Um, if you know that tune, it might uh, send us into the stratosphere. Um, but I'd just like to kick this off with a bit of interactivity. Um, if you want to chuck into the chat, how are you feeling? You can either put in a percentage, a battery check, you can put in a word, uh, however you like to express how you're feeling. I use the battery check quite a lot in any meeting that I go into. Um, it's a Brene Brown special and it really just helps you. You know, when you come into a space where there's lots of people, I love that, Michael, 87.76. <laughs> and then someone throws a low one. It's an opportunity for us to, you know, help other people out. And if you've got high energy and you're probably in a good place to do that, you've probably been boogieing. So we maybe were a bit higher than what we were. Joyful expectancy, 85 cents. Groovy now, 95 cents. Awesome. So welcome to this beautiful syntropic world space. Massive gratitude to Christine for sending me a text and letting me know about this weird and wonderful quote um, from Kevin Kelly. Um, Those things that made you weird as a child. Oops, I lost the quote. That's all right. It's something along the lines of those things that made us weird as children can make us great as adults if we remember it. And so when I got the text from Christine, I was like, okay, that'd be a really rad workshop. Christine wrote back, how about you run one? And I said, righto. And so here we are. That was the, uh, for those Syntropic World members in here, that was the source idea of this creation. Um, and who am I? Benny Wallington. Um, I love a party shirt. And uh, why would I be of use to you guys in this situation? Is that I've run workshops for the likes of Google and the Adobe's and even the Australian government, literally on why they should wear more party shirts um, <laughs> in government. Uh, but more importantly, for foundations like the Blue Foundation, Clean Up Australia and the Wilderness Foundation. And you notice that I said the word workshop. And I've probably been playing with play shops for quite a while. I always like to throw in a bit of music, a bit of fun, um, a lot of interaction, but I feel like workshop, we need to move beyond workshop. We need more play in our lives. Um, and this might be the highlight of my play shop career, uh, getting to run this for this beautiful community, which I'm privileged to have been a part of for the last couple of years. And so a massively warm welcome to both people within the Syntropic community. I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces and some freshies. So I'm hoping that this is a, a fantastic experience and lives up to the, the quality that Christine produces each week, week in, week out. Uh, like every workshop, I always like to start with a, a collective breath. So like I said, whatever has happened before, let's drop into this space. And if you feel comfortable, like with anything that we do in this workshop, um, you can choose to do it. You can choose not to do it. 
but I always like a collective breath. It'll help me center as well. So if you'd like to lower your eyes, you can. Just find a nice, steady breath. In and out through the nose if you can. About four seconds in, four seconds out. Usually quite nice. I'd like you to exhale all that breath out. Let's all take one big breath in together. And hold it. And release. Thank you. And welcome. I'd like to start this workshop with an acknowledgement of country. I'm coming to you from the Gumbe country uh, in the Gold Coast in Australia. And my Indigenous teacher will always tell me that when I do an acknowledgement of country, I should start with a yarn. And so when I say a yarn, I'm going to start with a little bit of a story. And synchronistically, many things have happened to me since we decided to kick off on this workshop. And this is one of the more beautiful ones. So I was on the border of New South Wales and Queensland. I live in Queensland. These are settler divisions, by the way, settler states. Uh, on Yugambe country with a dear friend, Darren. And as we walked through this beautiful rainforest, I was trying to explain to Darren about this podcast that I've been listening to. If you've not heard of it, it's called The Emerald. It's all about mythology and it's amazing. And I've been right into my mythology at the moment. And there's one particular podcast where Josh, the podcast host, talks about how up until really recently, like 99% of human living, the world has been animate, meaning that everything is alive. In, in Japan, they have a word kotodama, which means the spirit of things. And so up until every, really recently, g'day, Tony. <laughs> up until really recently, everything's been alive. And Darren was walking through the rainforest and Darren said, you know what, Benny, I feel like I'm in the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe or something here. And I was like, mate, it's because we've started tuning into the trees and there probably is some form of a portal here. Who are we to say? Anyway, Darren went home. Darren's got a beautiful little girl. She's two years old. And that night she said, good night, daddy. Good night, mummy. And turned to her book and said, good night, book. And Darren realized that his daughter, River, beautiful name as well, saw the world as animate. And so Darren, the next time his dad came up to stay, told him about the story about River talking about the books and told him about animate consciousness. And, and his dad, who's a pretty stiff upper lip fella, sort of didn't say much about it. But the next time he came back, he said he'd had a conversation with his bottle. Now, I'm not sure whether it was a drink bottle and he was out running or it was his uh, beers, but that's not really that important. The important thing was that this thread of a conversation or this podcast that I listened to, in coherence with many of the conversations I've had with beautiful humans within the syntropic world, led me to walk through a forest and have a yarn with a mate who'd never really contemplated this. And then the story goes on across three generations. And so, I just wanted to share that with you. And I also wanted to share, the, I guess, the vulnerability of sometimes when we're listening to complex theories, sometimes in syntropic world, it only takes a seed of that, that grasping 
And to be able to share that with someone else and not feel afraid, like I have been in the past, but at that time in, with Darren, I felt right in alignment to share about this animate consciousness. You never know what the ripples are going to be. And so I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging here on the Gumbe country. And I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging on the country with which you are dialing in from. Thank you for listening. This is going to be a very experimental workshop. Um, I, like I said, we've spun it up in about a week and that's kind of the way I like to do things. Even if I've done a workshop five times, I'm still going to swing new things in and I'm going to invite new ideas. But I've just had a little bit of a, a riff on Syntropic World. And I'd like to just mention one thing as well. We're all coming to this uh, from different parts. We might have different emotions. You might be experiencing different things. You might be experiencing fortune. You might be experiencing famine in different areas of our lives. And so I just want to acknowledge that, that the world is a ever-changing place, more so ever than now, which is a great opportunity, but it's also um, can be very tough. Um, half a billion animals lost in the fires uh, here in Australia. And I don't think we really have come to grips with that trauma, but it's through, grip, uh, through, it's through groups like this, which I never thought actually would be possible to have such kindred connections online with many of the humans in here that make it bearable. And it's the, and it's the ideas and the co-creation that comes from groups like Syntropic World that gives us hope. And so I'd like to acknowledge your context and I'd like to throw it over to Christine McDougall to uh, give you a bit of a rundown about Syntropic World and the amazingness of it. Ah, thank you, Benny. Uh, well, first of all, it's wonderful to see all of the faces that I know from Centropic World and also some of the faces that I don't know. Um, some of us have had conversations before uh, um, and it's just awesome to see you from around the world. And that's one of the things that I love about this. So just a really high level sort of what the heck is Centropic World and what are we doing? Uh, this is... Um, I guess some of the core principles behind what we hold is that most people on the planet are good people. Uh, they have an, a unique and amazing gift to offer the world. Uh, and they would, if given the opportunity, would like to be able to do that in an environment uh, that enables their best to shine working in community on new models and new maps for a world with a future. But how do we do that? How do we create that? And so uh, this is kind of like a life's work for me. Um, my uh, mentor is Bucky Fuller, Buckminster Fuller, who spent his life dedicated to looking at the working laws of universe and how to apply that to the built environment, to um, cars and, and uh, homes and so on. And I've been applying his sort of work, which essentially is the working laws of universe to enterprise design and human coordination. And so this is um, the work that we teach in Centropic World is kind of like the foundation isn't unfamiliar to you because you've engaged with it every single day. We engage with nature every single day, uh, but we humans have never actually dared <laughs> to apply those laws to everything that we do. We've created our own human constructed laws of governance and legal and accounting for value and monetary systems and currency flows and how we do enterprise. And it's no surprise that we may have got ourselves in a little bit of mess 
And so, <laughs> and so most of the people that sort of come into centropic world have reached that place where they know that something is fundamentally broken at the large scale systems level. But what do we do about it and how can we do something as humans? And our dedication really is towards creating a world that works versus trying to fix the one that's not working. So it is really, you know, building new models and new maps and new mindsets for a world with a future versus trying to re-engineer what we currently have. And therefore, a delightfully creative and inventive space where uh, I kind of seed the conversation, but what emerges is it definitely comes from the amazing community uh, um, and and the the additive or the synergistic value of that uh, and so yeah that's that's really what we do we have a foundational masterclass um, which is because we're living in a different language uh, around centropic world and syntropy the word is the opposite of entropy which means to leave everything better for an eternally regenerative universe uh, we um, on the other side of the masterclass is this great community of practice, which um, beautiful people from many parts of the world who are applying these tools to their own enterprise, their own communities, their own projects and building the stories and the case studies and we're learning from each other and it's not one size fits all. Uh, we are an open uh, and um, dynamic and engaged community and, and people like Benny, Manuela, Julie, um, Sarah in Tanzania, Palmjeet, Bob's just joined. Yeah, it's just it's just been an incredible uh, privilege. Kate's there, um, so welcome. And uh, this is this is like so much of what we do is a beautiful experiment with Benny, who's just an amazing uh, contributor to the community. So let's all have a great time, and thank you for being here. And Daria too, I mentioned. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much for the work that you do. And it's uh, a privilege uh, to be to be doing this for Syntropic World, as I've mentioned. I just want to throw a uh, little shout out to, to Lara, um, Anne-Maria and Dorothy as well. And anyone else who's, who's looking for a bit of energy. Um, something that I do bring to Syntropic World is um, frothy conversations. And so it's surface slang for being amped or pumped. And so if you're feeling a little bit flat, we're going to have a little bit of a, we're going to have a play with some frothy conversations um, through this workshop. So uh, I've, we've got you guys, we've got you. Uh, so this is actually pretty cool because usually when I run a workshop, I have to sort of explain words like froth and, and these kinds of things. And uh, through Christine, actually, she taught me this word etymology. So all this, these times that I'd been going back to Google and checking when do they start using this word and who said this and blah, 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 blah. Um, I found out it was called etymology. So I started to research etymology for the word weird. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I was chatting to another fellow, Steve, who's just finished the masterclass. And he said, Benny, you got to check this out. So... <laughs> Let me say it again because I buggered it up before. The thing that made you weird as a child could make you great as an adult if you don't forget it. And so Steve sent me a passage by Michael Mead. Um, and so I'm going to read that out rather than go through the etymology of weird because he does it way better. And so uh, if, if you will, I'm going to read it out and do my best. I'm not going to try and do a Michael Mead impression, um, but what a magical human Michael Mead is. Here we go. 
Although it is mostly forgotten in the modern world, each person is supposed to hear and follow a calling during the youthful part of life. And there is a parallel calling that aims to awaken the inner elder in a person. And although that calling can begin to call to us during youth, it becomes more insistent in later life. Or at least that's the way people used to see it. When people were seeing more clearly the stages as well as the ages of life, in a time when it had become common for the calling to youth to go unheard, the very idea of trying to awaken the elder within might seem not just odd, but truly weird. Then again, the calling that comes to elders has always been weird. As a matter of fact, it is a calling to live fully, the core pattern and essential weirdness that is the nature of a person's soul. The word weird here is not accidental. Although commonly used now to indicate something strange or unsettling, weird originally was a reference to things that were uncanny, things that were specifically other than normal. That is to say, aspects of a person that are otherworldly. Other meanings of the, word, the old word weird, which used to be spelled W-Y-R-D, was to have a foot in each world. In the old wisdom traditions, those who acted as elders were considered to have one foot in the daily world and the other foot in the other world. Before modern times, everyone understood that humans lived in two worlds at once. We live in the common world of marching time and measurable things, but we also live by our nature from the beginning and all of the way until the end, living in the other world. The world from which all things come, the world of great imagination that is also the natural inheritance of humanity. The world of things that are eternally timeless and even divine. The awakening of the elder involves a great awakening to this existing awareness of living in two worlds at once. And the elders, once they awaken, become a bridge between two worlds, a bridge through the energies of each world, so the energies of each world can meet. Given that sense of orientation, those seeking for elders should be looking for someone just weird enough to be wise. That's a way of saying that there are no normal elders, just as, thanks to the gods, there can be no normal people. For each person is weird in their own way. And if they allow the core pattern of their soul to become more conscious, then they will allow the weirdness and the uniqueness in them to lead the way. Thank you for indulging me. And um, I'll send that around. I'll send the full audio around to that. And it's just almost the perfect segue because I'd like to just introduce, I've been very fortunate. I uh, called out to the universe last year that I was um, seeking a mentor and um, fortunately enough, Christine was actually becoming a mentor as well. So now I've got two of my three mentors on either side of me in this call, which is kind of wild. But I'd just like to introduce uh, Bob Beth, whose um, childhood expressions of enchantment have captivated me. Uh, Bob grew up with Disney as a default, like literally Walt Disney. Um, and then he went on as he grew up to hang with the likes of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniacki through that boom of the Silicon Valley. Great period of imagination. Um, and then went on to take to the seas as sailors, a sailor and has now found himself working in positive impact. And that's why we connected. Um, and so I'd just love to, to bring Bob on. He works with the Atawara 
Hydrogen Alliance and an Indigenous elder in New Zealand, Sir Tiffany O'Regan of the Nidahu people, and also supports the Seneca Nation of Indians. Bob's originally from California, so North America is his original space, but he's a bit of a global traveller. And last year, I, like I said, I said to the universe, Can bring me a mentor. And I guess what turned up is uh, more like a fairy godmother. But uh, Bob said, I, I have to make sure that I tell you that it's not fairy as in F-A-I-R-Y, it's fairy as in F-A-E-R-Y, which is more the Celtic mythology and those radical fairies who just lay the smack down when they need to, but are also beautiful and insightful. So I'd love to invite Bob just to have a little yarn here about his growing up and his kind of uncanny photographic memory of being a child and how that um, channels into his creative expressions of today. So welcome, Bob. Well, thank you, Benny, and thank you, Christine. And it's really a pleasure and a privilege to be joining you all from Boonjalong country, uh, which is in Australia, on the Tweed coast of uh, Northern Rivers, New South Wales, so only about 30, 40 minutes from uh, um, Benny. And I think, Christine, you're somewhere hereabouts, but we've only met virtually. Um, I do get to spend a lot of time in New Zealand, Aotearoa, New Zealand, and I've really had a privilege to get to know a lot of the, uh, the, the Maori elders there, and, and more important, their culture and traditions. And there's a beautiful blessing, and as a sailor, I particularly enjoy this one. And if you think about where New Zealand is, way down near the Antarctic, and the cold winds come off of the Antarctic from the west and the south, but then they also have on the other side of the, of the country, the uh, South Pacific, and the gentle breezes from the South Pacific, and there's a there's a blessing which I'll say in English first and then Maori, uh, which is cease the winds from the west, cease the winds from the south, let the gentle breeze blow over the land, let the gentle breeze blow over the sea, a touch of frost, a red-tipped dawn, the promise of a glorious day, which is for those in the, in the morning time zone, you're, uh, for all of us, the promise of a wonderful syntropic world. Fokataka tehokite uru, fokataka tehokite tonga, kia makina kina kia uta, kia matarata kitai ehi ake ana te atakura, ehiho ehauhu tie mariora. And normally at the end, if everyone was unmuted, you would join and say tihe mariora as well, which is a bit akin to amen or, or let it be, or so it is, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Hollywood, actually, um, California, Los Angeles, and uh, my grandfather, Grandpa Jack, uh, was one of the first 10 employees with Walt Disney or Walt Disney Studio, and he worked there. Uh, Grandpa Jack worked at Disney for 30 plus years. He was head of studio and set construction, so we built almost all of the visual elements that were seen in the Disney films and uh, only took screen credit for my favorite film, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, but as a child, uh, my, my, my mother and father had a small business. My mother was mostly running it. Um, we had so many blessings in life, but as Karen Armstrong from the Charter for Compassion shares with us, it's, it's through our suffering that we find our common humanity. So my family had blessings, but it also had, we had um, a generational chronic sex abuse, um, alcoholism, physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, mental illness, um, suicides. We had a lot of those things. But in addition to all of that, we really did have some ex exceptional blessings. And 
we, we kind of grew up in the enchanted kingdom in the land of magic. And uh, it was very supported in my family system. And indeed, um, you know, my grandfather, when we would, uh, well, I, let's see, when we, we would have a Sunday afternoon at my grandparents' house, and he would always sort of wave his hands and describe the movies that he was um, working on. And each week he would add a little more to it as he built a little more of the set or oversaw that. And then eventually we would see all those, uh, all those films because we did sort of see all the Disney films. So it was quite, a, quite interesting to hear the description of something in the future and rather reliably see it come true. And he also started talking about building uh, a train, not just a train set, but an actual amusement grades train at, at, his, at Walt's home. And um, I don't think I, I would have met Walt before that, but once the train uh, was built, there was a, quite a challenge with the train. The, uh, um, it was a big home in an area called Holmby Hills, which is next to Bel Air and Beverly Hills in Los Angeles or Hollywood. And um, the train's court circuit was gonna go through his wife's flower garden. And she didn't wanna have any of that because she'd spent a lot of time in this beautiful flower garden. And my grandfather suggested that they build a tunnel and that the train go through a tunnel under her flower garden. And uh, Walt Disney named that the Rorax Tunnel after him. And of course we were, uh, it, 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 it uh, um, enabled domestic bliss to continue. And we were, he was always invited over and we grandchildren got to come over a lot and we would sit on the lap of Walt Disney and ride his train. And I still remember, and I really do, I do have a good memory from early childhood and um, even before this, and I still remember the joy in his eyes when he would have kids come ride the train set with him. He just had so much fun being the conductor and used to wear a conductor's hat and it had those sort of pinstripes in it, a bit like a chef's hat, but a little different. Um, and then, uh, then one day at our grandparents' house, we, um, there was this giant new piece of furniture in the living room. It seemed as though it was meters long and had the tiniest screen in it, but it was the first color TV that anybody that we knew had. And so on Sunday afternoon, we would gather in front of this color, this color TV and I was the youngest of nine grandchildren. So I got to sit right in front and just inches from my eyes every evening at Sunday evening at 6 p.m. We would watch Walt Disney's wonderful world of color where Walt Disney would just um, met, you know, create these most beautiful stories. And so I really don't, even though I had a good memory, I honestly don't know if I can separate the part of me that sort of experienced him firsthand with the part of me that experienced into his world of dreams on TV. But we would also go to the studio and we would see these sets and we went to Disneyland all the time. So he was just kind of that nice man who created dreams. So there was no difference really between dreams and reality for me for the longest time. And, you know, I loved sci-fi and I loved TV shows like The Jetsons. And honestly, I, you know, it wasn't until I climbed into a Tesla about, um, I don't know, seven years ago, a Tesla S that I thought, ah, finally, this future that I had been born into has arrived in our world. Um, but you're, um, you're sharing just now, and I don't know how I'm doing on time, so let me know if I need to move on. But um, your sharing of the beautiful story a minute ago, I, I, before Disney, the thing I remember the most about my weirdness in my childhood was that, um, you know, like many kids, I loved to build sandcastles. But I built really epic sandcastles. You know, I would just lose myself. My parents knew they could take me to the beach, sit me down, and I would just be lost in building these big sandcastles. And I just now remembered 
that I, my favorite thing was to do was to build sandcastles that would flood when the tide came in. And the reason that's relevant is, as I think Benny, as you know, and some others know, I'm really working on how we, um, what we, I, I, I unfortunately feel we've blown it with climate change and we've blown it with sea level rise, it's baked in. And so we're going to have the ingress of the water and we're going to lose our coastlines, we're going to lose our ports. And for a couple of years, and very much more recently, I've really started thinking about how we build regenerative uh, infrastructure, in, uh, but above the worst case maximum sea level line. And frankly, I used to model that at four years old on the seashore. You know, my sandcastles would be destroyed in interesting ways by this ingress. So that was something I just remembered as you were talking a second ago. Um, so that's kind of the Disney thing. And that was childhood. I could go on a lot more about that. But then when I started my first year at university at Berkeley, um, I, I was in a flat with uh, three other guys. Um, one was named Gene Mick, and he was a science kid fair, a science fair kid. Um, a total nerd. I was actually a nerd. The other thing is I've always been a nerd, but I was packaged in a non-nerd body, so I haven't gotten the street cred from nerds. But anyway, these two very, very scruffy um, guys came, started showing up to, to hang with Gene one day, and they were both named Steve. And they had, uh, even in the 70s in Berkeley, they, you know, were, were really uh, ill-kept and uh, smelly and furtive and not that easy to be with. But they were building these things called blue boxes, soldering them and assembling them. And blue boxes allowed you to make uh, not free phone calls, which is what interested me, but also phone calls without a call record, which, as it turned out, interested people in organized crime. Um, they didn't have to go to the phone booth to make their calls because the police, as you may know, always use the call record to get a subpoena. Anyway, I thought, God, I, you know, I have friends all over the country. Long distance calls were expensive then. So I thought, I'd like one of those. And I actually, you know, I remember putting some cash on the table and watching, you know, Gene and Steve and Steve soldering and assembling this, this blue box that I eventually had for some number of years. Um, and I think what's cool about, um, and, and I didn't know their last names, and I got into the software business working on Hewlett Packard equipment and stuff. And a few years later, of course, I started hearing about Apple and these amazing people doing it and stuff. And then Time Magazine arrived one day, and on the cover were the two Steves. They had cleaner haircuts, but I recognized them. And I called Gene up and hadn't talked to him a while. I said, hey, Gene, it's Bob, blah, blah, blah. He goes, hey, the Time Magazine arrived. Yep, it's them. <laughs> so there's two things here. They were just ordinary guys. You couldn't possibly predict what they would accomplish. And I think that's so important for all of us to know that. I mean, this is an accomplished and mature crowd, but particularly when I work with young people, I love sharing that story because um, they were nothing, well, seemingly nothing special, except they honored their weird. You know, they really did go for uh, stuff that was crazy at the time. And as it turns out, Gene was trading, this is unknown and it's not in Iverson's book, uh, Gene was trading these blue boxes to, to people in organized crime and getting bricks of marijuana, compressed kilo of marijuana back, was decomposing them on the coffee table into retail lids, selling them out the front door, getting cash in, and you might say the business process repeated. And I'm one of, I guess, three or four people alive who has direct personal knowledge that um, Hemp Seed Capital has realized unparalleled wealth creation. And I think it's a decriminalization story, actually. So that's what I have to share today, I guess. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for the um, 
the magic of enchantment. You you said um you said when you grew up with Disney that it was you you grew up ingrained with enchantment. Um, and so I actually that's been my word of this year has been enchantment. So thank you for, thank you for that and for your wonderful stories. And if I can just um, add, the other piece we grew up with was the power of positive thinking, the power of intention. Uh, my mother was a, a follower of, of someone named Ernest Holmes who wrote Science of Mind, which really launched the better parts of the New Age movement, launched people like um, the beautiful um, Louise Hay and even Oprah. So it was really a, quite a the solid experience of dream, being able to dream and having them supported and knowing the dreams come true is really the message that, uh, you know, that I'm awesome. Thanks, about. mate. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, so I'd love to um, pull on a few threads and actually drop into a little bit of tapping back into where we've come from and um, our lives as a child, potentially what made us weird or when we were seeing the world, um, I loved when Bob said that he got lost in sandcastles. So one of my other hats is that I, um, I study flow states and when you get lost in something, it can be magical. It's a, it's a it pin that underpins what flow is, you know, when you're in a flow state, you get lost in the, in the experience and, you know, heightened states of information comes to you and sometimes time dilates and that can happen. And so Maybe thinking about where did, where did you lose yourself is a good place. And um, when we talk about syntropic world and, and syntropy as seeing everything as the whole, often we can sort of get stuck in looking at sort of the parts. And so this exercise is really about how can we step back and potentially acknowledge the beautiful humans that we have been as younger in our younger years. I mean, I'm just going to ask you, I'm just going to inquire firstly, is there a moment or an age you remember when you felt lost in activity um some people have really epic childhood memories uh some people don't have as many um i was chatting with my partner jackie last night as i took her through this workshop and she said i don't remember too much of my childhood but we we managed to figure out little glimpses of like immense flow and um beauty and so i'd like you just to have a little think about that um and we're going to drop into a little bit of breath work and meditation and then we're going to do some creative play stuff. Again, it's an option, uh, but I'd love you to join me because it's going to be fun. So just get comfortable again and invite you to close your eyes. Wiggle your butts if you need to, roll your shoulders. If you're driving, don't do this, Sarah. <laughs> And I want you just to breathe deep into your belly and out through your mouth. You need to breathe into your belly through your nose and into your ribs and out through your mouth. Same again, but into the belly, into the ribs, up into the shoulders and then out. This time, Feel like you're breathing in through your feet, up into your belly, up into your ribs, up into your shoulders. And out. And then on this last one, I want you to do the same and go right up to the top of your head and hold it there for a moment. And on that last breath out, 
I want you just to sink into that feeling of relaxed energy. Just find a nice, steady, coherent breath again. And I'd like you to feel into something that you're grateful for, something that we might take for granted, whether it's breathing, whether it's having a roof over our heads, whether it's having food in the fridge, something that you're grateful for and let that wash over you. Now I'd like you to think about someone you felt grateful for when you were growing up. Might've been a friend, a family member, teacher. And I want you to let that gratitude wash over you. Now in this state, I want you to try and remember a moment Perhaps it's the moment from before, perhaps a different one's come to mind. But tap into that moment when you were younger. Where are you? What's happening? Is it just you there? What can you see? What can you hear? What can you feel? Now we're going to create an anchor for this feeling. So you might have seen these before. People tap their fingers together. But I'd like you to create one that's just for yourself. You don't have to share it. You can touch your nose. You can roll your shoulders. You could tag on your shirt, something like that. And I want you to know that every time you use this anchor, you can drop back in to this feeling. And this space. And I'd like you to slowly come back into the room. Now we're going to play a little bit. And like I said about spontaneity, I had to take this, I had to take this bad boy for a road test. So I created this, I uh, wrote this poem. So I'm going to read this out to you. And the reason I'm actually going to read a poem is because the first time I did a Syntropic masterclass with Christine, probably back before it was called Syntropic, there was this fella there in the back row and he kept putting his hand up and saying, I've got a poem for this. I've got a poem for this. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I don't, no one wants to hear your poem. And, but then he, he finally, Christine finally said, okay, mate, let's hear your poem. And it was phenomenal. He had a poem for everything. Um, I think he's in the Netherlands now, but um, maybe he's on this call, who knows? Um, and so from that day forward, I've always thought a poem would be a really beautiful way to share the, uh, a part of a workshop. And um, so I'm going to be a bit vulnerable, if you will. And I'm going to read you out a poem called When I Was Weird. And I wrote it in a sort of single stream of consciousness. And here it goes. When I was weird, 
I saw absolutely everything. I had an invisible friend named Doody. He was blue. I spoke with everyone as if they had a story to tell because they did. I thrived on roly-poly competitions down grassy hills. I thought farts were so, so funny. I'll waddle to my tape deck and record one each time. Oh, to find that tape again. I knew a giant monster lived in a great mound of dirt by the railway station. I would run past him on my way home, daring not look for fear my eyes would wake him up. Before I slept, I made sure the last thing I saw on TV was beautiful because that beauty would infiltrate my dreams. I wrote stories that didn't need endings. I shot energy from my hands through the television set and into my favorite tennis players. And when I did, they would win the next point. When my dad was late and hadn't arrived home from working in the city, I knew that bad things could happen, but I'd pray they didn't. If a scary thought came up, I would say that could happen, but I fully on hope it doesn't. And it didn't. I drank warm milk with Milo religiously on Friday nights. The kid on the ad kicked the ball so hard it pushed the goalie back through the net. I scored a lot of goals. In the shower, I would practice how I would react when we visited the bank the next day. I'd arrive with mum. When out of nowhere, a robber burst in to steal the money. I'd fight the robber with my white belt karate skills. Save mum, save the money. And also save the best looking girl in my grade, who also happened to be in the bank, of course. When I was weird, I saw absolutely everything, except that I was weird. So now, you know a fair bit about me being a weirdo as a kid. Uh, and I actually hadn't thought of, so many of those things didn't come through until I'd sort of placed myself back into that space. And, you know, fences popped into my brain and all sorts. And so I'd like you now with your special anchor to do a free ride of your own. And I'm going to give you, let's say, three to five minutes. We'll see how we're going with that. That's pretty good. Um, and just free write. Just go for it. There's no rules. I edited that, by the way. That wasn't, you know, that was a little bit zhuzhed, you know. I couldn't, couldn't have just a full free write. But for you guys, just go for it. Um, I'm going to play a song. And then, yeah, I'd love you just to use your pen and paper if possible. But you feel free to type if that's your jam. And so, yeah, you've got three to five minutes. And it starts with... When I was weird.
Hello, welcome back. Welcome back into the room. Wonder if you got whisked away in your words or your pictures, whatever came out. Interesting thing about that song actually is um, it's the only song in the world that I've found that can pick me up when I'm down and chill me out when I'm stressed. Uh, it's pretty magical. It's called Moon by Kid Francescoli. I'll share that one too. So I'm going to ask, let's, uh, has, does anyone want to share what's come up? Like I said, it doesn't have to be perfect, but um, just whatever's come up and um, I'd love to hear from a few people. Just put your hand up and or unmute, whichever. Theodore, I saw your hand go up first. And then <laughs> yeah. Helen, do you want to go after? Cool. Uh, so <clears throat> I was a little shocked that stuff just poured out of me. Uh, and some of it I haven't thought about for a long, long time. <clears throat> uh, when I was weird, I knew it. I felt different, but didn't particularly care. I was an entrepreneur uh, from lemonade stands to magic shows and selling refreshments from small bottles of booze sold on Friday afternoons to my underage friends. I read Rise of the Fall of the Third Reich and fell into nihilism for a couple of years. Did a string of petty bur burglaries for cash and booze, got robbed of my stash of money, which moved me back from the dark to the light where I've stayed, trying projects that benefit others. Bucky Fuller's uh, words became my mantra. You know you are filling your significance when you turn all of your experience to the highest advantages of others. And that's where I ran out of time. Beautiful. You can do wiggle fingers if you're frothing on that because, you know, I know like I, I like a good clap, but um, that's a bit, of, you know, with them. Thank you so much for sharing that, Theodore. I'm so stoked that you had that experience. And, um, and, and Ted is fine. I don't know why that Theodore is up there, but Ted is. Oh, fine. yeah. I've, you know what? I've always thought that Ted was the coolest name ever. And also hey. that, it, you know, so there you go. I, I think I'm going to call my kid Teddy if I ever have one. But I, I um, like the Ted better from Theodore than I do from Edward. I'm glad I'm a Theodore. Yeah, you know. it's cooler, mate. It's got more character. Yeah, <laughs> keep it. I mean, who um, else is named Gift of God? You know, I mean, that's <laughs> it has a lot of responsibility, though. Yeah. So I've got, um, is Helen still there? I saw her put her hand up. I wasn't sure. And then I got Dorothy as well. And if, if I miss you, we'll have some time at the end to... Uh, have I was just, sorry. I was just saying that I'm gift of God too, because Dorothy and Theodore are the same uh, origins. That's it. <laughs> oh, awesome! <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. If I have a daughter, then she'll be Dorothy. <laughs> um, just having a quick look. This is, go with um, maybe Helen's dropped off. Does anyone else feel like they? That's all right, Julie. It's beautiful to see you. Does anyone else want to jump in? Oh, um, Benny, I, I might jump in if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, so I mean, I just know like a childhood memory came like flashing into my head when I was thinking about when I was weird. So when I was like five, I would go on like adventures because I lived in the middle of nowhere in West Cork in Ireland. 
and I would like I was like an only child so I had like a lot of time on my hands and a lot of space like I had like I think we had like an acre or two acres which isn't a lot of space but when you live in a city which I do now that now seems like I had so much space growing up and I would like going on, on all of these adventures and one day I decided to dig my way to China because I had also been gifted like um so my geography books and like an atlas so I'd started to get my head around like the world and I was like I'm totally gonna dig all the way to China <laughs> and like my dad was like cool like you know go ahead like that's fine you know like just wear yourself out like cool and I think it took like an hour of digging and I must have hit like maybe like the root of a of like a nearby tree or something that was down enough and anyway I ran into like my my house like shouting I've hit the back of China I've reached the back of China um and yeah that was like that was my memory and I was like oh my god I really want to like I like I really want to get back that sense of like I can dig my way to China you know that sense of I guess like um wonder and also I guess maybe a bit of like self-belief as well um anyway that's my that's my two cents <laughs> I don't have to do the fingers because I can just say that was gorgeous <laughs> um thank you so much yeah I feel like that we can do anything when we're, when we're a child and that's that's the magic and that's that's the kind of thinking that we need now right we need we need that enchanted enchanted thinking uh, that we can do anything um and so thank you so much for sharing um I'm going to I was going to put Tony on the spot is he there Tony there, Christine. If he's being shy, that's okay. We, we can go back to Tony. But um, what I'd like to do is break out into... Yeah, yeah. He is here, Benny. He is here. Tony, are you going to share? Sure. Hi, Benny. Hi, guys. Um, I have a couple of things to say about this. I think as a young child, I knew I was weird in some ways to other people, but I didn't really know what it was. Yeah. Anyway, during the breathing exercise, I went straight to the ocean is where I went. Now I can remember being in the ocean, just floating in it, thinking I'm in a different universe. And I could float for hours. And it was like being in a different, almost like a trance. Uh, and people would wonder what I was doing in the ocean for so long. All I found I could do to take myself to the same place while I was floating in the bathtub, or having a shower, just as long as there was some water around. Uh, and, you know, I believed I could sort of communicate with the fish and all the things I could see, but I was like some sort of a spaceship that was going through their, through their universe and through their world, but really sort of connected with them, almost being able to communicate. Yeah. Anyway, that's my little bit of weird, but in a short notice. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm deeply, deeply uh, connected to the ocean as well. And there's... Um, Studying like flow science as well, I'll just say this, you, you, can th you, you can think about what happens when you go out into the ocean in terms of like, you might have all these problems. And I used to say, I'd go out to the ocean and that's where I release. And it, it puts all those problems in the back of my mind. And then I'm out surfing and neurochemically it all comes together. And, you know, I access this flow state and I solve the problems and I paddle back in and I'm like, thank you, neurobiology, blah, 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 you know, neurochemistry. And then the other day I was listening to a podcast the same one the emerald about the history of water and that you know up until only recently we've had this neurobiology sort of spin on things 
it was about going into the water, asking for permission to go in the water, which I do now, and thanking the water, being grateful for the, the eternal downloads that we can get from that. And I'm like, bugger the neurobiology story. That's the one I want to tell. And that, because that involves enchantment. And, that's, and that sounded so much like yours, Tony. Um, yeah. You were, accessing, you yeah. were access, uh, accessing a, a trance state, uh, a flow state. I know you're not. Yeah. Amazing. And I know Christine, she's taken up surfing, yeah. so she's accessing them now too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. More play. More play. That's what I hear. I hear the crowd. More play. Here we go. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do a little bit of role playing. Well, actually, it's you. So I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm going to break you up into rooms of two. Again, up to you if you want to play. If you don't, um, you don't have to join the room. Um, but I highly recommend that you do because it'll be super fun. And so you're going to have five minutes each and someone is going to be um, asking the questions. So they'll be asking the questions as themselves. And the person answering the questions will be their younger self that they've just tapped into. Right. And the only thing I really want you to do is to start off with um, the person asking the questions saying, where are we? Where are we? And then the, your younger self, answering in whatever way shape or form you want oh or christine will drop in a few questions if you're a little bit stuck but i really want you to feel the riff you can do whatever you want um as the as the question asker i didn't want to say interviewer but you know what i mean um so i just want to quickly bob if we're chatting to channeling disney bob five-year-old bob in front of the tv maybe not in front of the tv sorry but where, where are we bob <laughs> what's that uh, I'm surfing those waves. Basically, I um, well, I wasn't five year old then when I did it, but um, the biggest, the biggest sort of epic piece of software I did. I every time I got stuck, I'd jump on a I had a catamaran at the beach in Hawaii, and I'd jump on and go sailing. And I always cut my sailing short because the solution came so fast. But anyway, that isn't what you wanted to hear right now. Yeah, I, I think was, you jumped ahead. I think you you fast forwarded, Bob. But anyway, I think we, we I think we get it. We want to just. We want to drop into the same place together. So we'll, um, so we'll go with a, yep, no worries. Helen's cooking dinner. So yeah, I think you've got to accept a breakout room. So if you don't accept it, you won't get dropped in. So Christine, can you drop those in? And then you'll notice the questions will pop in. And then you'll also get some notifications at the halfway mark. And then when you've got a minute to wrap up. Okay. Uh, I'm going now. think it should be working yeah there we go yep it's going it's going oh i should have said who's asking the question whoever would like to go first <laughs> maybe put that into the into the group Christine. You're about to go um, into the Netherlands. Um, <laughs> with you're about to disappear. Oh, not joined. Um, yeah. So I'll just stay here for the moment. If you can put someone else in Group Eight in Room Eight, that'd be awesome. Okay. Um, assigned to Room Eight. Hey, Miller. Oh, she's assigned to Room Eight. Oh, hang on. Let me just double check. Not joined. Um, Josh, we're not going into a room. Uh, have not been assigned. Have not been assigned one yet. 
Okay, just a second. I'm going to sign you one. Move to room five. There we go. Kate Manuela, Eva Lenka. So we need to give. Okay. Move and then to... Helen's cooking dinner, so she's good. Sarah is driving, so <laughs> <laughs> you just focus on that. Great to listen in, but if I have to concentrate on question asking, I might uh, not do such a good job of driving. No worries. You just focus on that. Um, Christine, have we got even numbers? Uh, yeah, I'm just checking. Yep. So Bob, Daria, Dorothy, Justina, Bernice, Colleen, Miller, Gavert, Professor Michael and Michelle. Tyler and Esther. Can you send these questions into the into the broadcast? Hang on, Josh. Josh is still not in a room, but I think, uh, you, um, yeah, I don't know. Oops. No, Josh is back. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> yeah. Just a second. Um. Dorothea asked a um, asked a question in room ten. Asked for help. Um, yeah, so can you send them the questions, Christine? Oh no, she's gone. Gotta love technology. Hey Joshua, do you want to just do you just want to go from here? I'll, I can just um. Sure. Breakout rooms. Sure, sure, sure. Happy to play. Oh, hang on. Here we go. I can do this. Just a sec, mate. I'll be two seconds. And if you do it here, I'd be happy to listen in. Like, I'm mind. just double checking. Christine, Christine's just like bombed a room where there's. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, okay. Um. So, Joshua, where are we? Uh, hang on, just to clarify, when you ask me the bad question, am I supposed to bring you back to a time in to a to, to place in time, or it's, yes, it's right now? Yeah, so so okay. that place in time that you went to when you were writing. Right, right. So so we are in a. So I grew up in Malaysia. So we are in a little town called Bentong. What a name! Uh, and it's it's probably the most laid back place on earth. You know, coconut trees, chickens running around. Um, icy cold spring water. Yeah, that's the place we are in. Beautiful. Um, and when you grow up, who do you want to be? When I grow up, I want to be myself. When I grow up, I want to be um, an entertainer. An entertainer. Beautiful. What kind of entertaining would you like to be doing? Singing and dancing with spotlights on me, fancy clothing, dance moves, people cheering on, you know, uh, crowds following me wherever I go. <laughs> uh, that's, that's amazing. What's, what's your favorite thing about being you, Joshua? Um, adaptability, mm -hmm. which also means I can take a lot of crap. <laughs> I feel like um, 
if Christine or Sarah wants to ask a question, we can we can all all play. Benny, can you drop into, um, I don't have the exact instructions. So can you join the breakout room with- uh, I, already sent them. I already sent them to everyone. Oh, okay. Everyone's got the instructions, yeah. No, no, but they, there's some confusion they were, around- They were the... unsure about what role they were playing with those questions. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I said they do, yeah, anyway, I'll just write it in there. Okay, yeah, if you can write it in, um, he's asked for help. So do you want me to, can you go in, are you able to go into room seven? I can try. Yeah, you should be able to. You should be able to, if you pull up breakout rooms on your, on the bottom of your. Yeah, I'm doing it. I've just got to, yeah. um, I'm just trying yeah. to type uh, for them. Clarification for five minutes, you ask a questions and the other person answers as they're younger. So then you swap roles. Okay, cool. We'll provide extra time. Can you ask Sarah some questions while we're back? I'm just dodging, dodging some donkeys on the road. So dodging donkeys. I'll ask, question. <laughs> ask some questions just now. Okay. Don't hit the donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> the donkeys will win. Have you got, how are you going with the... So room seven's asked a question. Asked yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. I've told Benny that. Uh, are they still, are they still confused or is it? I'm not sure. Um, it's just, it's still up on the screen. So, um, yeah, I can't actually go into a room. So this is yeah, interesting, doesn't it? Oh, okay. Looks like it's Christine's. Okay, I'll go and I, I'll find out what he's got. I think they should be okay. Like if they can't work it out, It'll be all right. Joys of technology. So Joshua, I've got another question for you. When you grow up, what gift would you like to bless the world with? When I grow up, I like to bless the world with the gift of creativity and the gift of emancipation. Mm -hmm. You certainly know bigger words than I did when I was young. <laughs> I'm very impressed with you. <laughs> you grew up too fast. <laughs> Take us back to Neverland. Amazing. How'd you go, Christine? Sarah, yeah. would you? Yeah, I don't think the questions went into everybody. I've just oh, put really? Them... Yeah, I yeah. think. They said they saw them and then they were gone. 
No, it was a direct message to me, um, and I put them in for everyone. Uh, so they must have seen them then gone when we put them into the rooms. Like. Yeah, I broadcast them to everyone. So I think they might disappear after a certain amount of time anyway. Most important thing was just to do the first question and then go from there. But that's okay. okay. We live, we learn. Okay. Sarah, would you like to have a turn? Can you do that while you're driving? I was just saying I was dodging donkeys. I'd rather just listen in if you don't mind. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, and ask me a question if I have one, but it's just better I focus. I'm not fast from the border now, so. Hmm. Okay. We don't need Christine. Where, where did you go, Christine? Where were you? I can share if Ben's you like. Yeah, go for it. Do you want me to ask you the questions? Or Joshua, yeah. do you want to ask Christine the questions? Sure, would love to. <laughs> so, I, don't, actually, I don't even have the questions, but I remember the first ones. Christine, where are we? <laughs> uh, I am in the sky. So, <laughs> so yes, um, when I was really, really young, I found the conversation that adults would talk about of how they can't fly as completely perplexing. It was like, what do you mean? Every time I go to bed at night, I fly. I, I don't understand how you can't fly. Uh, it, I, I know flying. I know being uh, completely able to move around uh, in the heavens and the universe, you know, through flying. And, uh, and it was a really powerful experience. I, and I can remember looking down on myself sleeping from, from the ceiling of the house that, I, um, that we lived in. It's so interesting because a couple of years ago, because this was in Tasmania, a couple of years ago, my daughter and I went back there. It was the first time I'd been back since I was nine, nine years old to the house where I can remember being, you know, looking down at myself sleeping. And that was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> but yeah, that was, it was a really strong feeling of ultimate freedom of flying. Mm. Cool. So when you grow up, which is a long time from now, what do you want to be? Uh, uh, that, you know, that expansive, that... Um, Uh, uh, there's also a simplicity to it as a child, you know, it's, it's, it's the mystery of what's wrong with all these adults. <laughs> they That's know a question nothing. my daughter asks a lot. <laughs> they know, they know nothing, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's, this is, it's easy and it's free and it's, completely possible and uh and there is no limit to where we can go and what we can and what we can see and what we can experience so you know um get with the program <laughs> what's, what's the favorite thing about being you Ooh. Um, that I'm actually really okay with my weird. I'm actually mm -hmm. really okay with it. It's like, I, 
I'm a nerd and I'm an I'm uh, someone who runs through the forest with bare feet as a child <laughs> and is in love with the trees and the ground and the earth and uh, and I'm in my imagination all the time and there's this incredible expansiveness and spaciousness and I really like that. And when you grow up, what gift would you like to bring to this world? <laughs> Probably that. <laughs> <laughs> the gift of flight and running through the forest with bare feet and, and infinite possibility and being completely comfortable with weird and um, just and beauty and just joy and openness and flow and all of that. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that gift. <laughs> A pleasure. Benny, over to you. Thank you. That was well. Um, yeah, that was a beautiful thing to witness as well. So thanks, thanks to you both. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to give him one more minute, and then I'm going to bring him back. So I'll just put that in the um, in the uh, uh, broadcast. One more minute. Just on that note, uh, a point that Christine brought up. So my daughter would would ask. Uh, what do you guys know except Mestuola? <laughs> except what? Sorry. Except Mestuola, and I say I'm and I say I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't argue with it, can you? <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I think I think I have to close all. Of, I think they get a minute's notice anyway, Benny. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you hit close all rooms and they all come back. Yeah. Um, I, I think they get a minute's notice anyway. So let's just see. Close, yeah, they close in 60 seconds. So, yeah. And thank you, Benny, because I'm making the best ever food listening to all this beautiful conversation. <laughs> we, can't, we can't hear you very well, Helen. Oh, no. I think you've just closed the rooms on everyone. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, it said for 60 seconds, but anyway, we... <laughs> oh, did it? Oh, yeah, because then you get the pop-up. Yeah. yeah. The old Zooms. Welcome back, Daria, Bob. Welcome fun. in, Darren. Have you been here the whole time or did you just popped in? Popped in, mate. <laughs> just popped in. Just popped in. Okay. Well, it's, we're almost finished, but, you know, you're here for the end. Oh, God. I just, yeah, I was just on business work. So, yeah, all good. Yeah. I hope dinner is delicious, Helen. It's kind of interesting to watch. I love your background as well. Hey, Lenka. Hey, Eva. I think everyone will start to pop back in now. Welcome back. <laughs> awesome. Apologies for my uh, instructions. They didn't come through and, you know, Zoom's a bit clunky, but I think um, we got there in the end, it seems. And so if anyone would like, I'm going to open the floor up again to share their experience of, of that. Um, we got to experience Joshua and Christine interview each other, which was super powerful. Um, so, yeah, does anyone want to unmute and, and reflect? I'm looking out for a hand up. But it's... Kate, you're on. 
Thanks, Benny. I just had a great chat to Manuela because, I mean, we've been doing this for ages, but it's like this one uh, sort of, you know, this opportunity just to have a chat. And um, it's, I think what it brought up for me was that, you know, the, it doesn't matter how curious you are, like it, you're always learning, but if you don't have the imagination, it's really, you can be curious, but if you don't have that imagination, it's hard to take it to that next step, like to bring it back into your life, particularly as you get older, because, well, I don't, that sounds a bit, a bit naff. I don't mean it like as you get older, but like you just, you get onto this path where you just kind of on the, you know, the, the thing you lose, even though you're curious, if you don't have the imagination, I think, it doesn't open up new pathways in a sense is pathways the right word but you know you uh, you really need to go back into that self not not necessarily as a child because you should be able to carry it along with you as you go I think so that's what I found t talking to Manuela we were talking about where we grew and it's funny even though she grew up in Europe and I grew up in Australia we both came from farms but it it was there was a parallel it was really lovely mm. so thank you for that lovely time you're welcome some would say synergies <laughs> <laughs> funny about that <laughs> yeah awesome 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 does anyone else want to share Uh, Covert. I'll go. Um, I had a very nice conversation with Mila. And um, so at first I was struggling to, to, to create uh, or find that spot in the past. Uh, but as Mila talked, it finally came to me. Um, and, and we didn't go by the questions because they disappeared on us. And, and so we, we invented our own process. Um, but I went back into the past where I was, I had a dog and we were on a coal shed. I still have a, a picture of that. I, I, I was probably three years old. I'm not sure how I was getting on top of that coal shed, but I was there with the dog and in the sunshine and, but the, the, the picture radiates innocence. And, um, and so, um, like, because if I go back to the past, like it, it, I found it hard to find a happy place. And, uh, and so, um, but the innocence is before all the shit happens. Uh, and, and so um, when I think about it now, we, we also made a comparison between now, the present and, and, and that past, the innocence. And what came to mind is not part of my history, but Puff the Magic Dragon is, is a song that speaks to me. And it's the loss of that innocence and yet I wouldn't want to go back there the magical world is is to me different now um I would say what's important to me now is is not to live a trance but be present and uh, but but being present you experience all the magic there is more alive than than, than having a fantasy the reality is is much bigger than the fantasy and so I, I really uh, enjoy that space and uh, to be open and curious to what is. 
So that, that's what happened for me. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing as well. Good job, Miller. Miller is a beautifully wise soul. I've had some of the frothiest conversations in my life with Miller. So um, it's no, no surprise to me that um, you, you tapped into some, something super special. All right. For the last part, I know we're getting close to the top of the half hour. I don't know if that's how you say that, but I'd just like to give you guys a little bit of a, maybe it's an assignment. I'm not sure. And this links back into um, River, we were talking about before, uh, Darren's beautiful daughter, when she said, good night, book. The other morning, I woke up and said, good morning, book. Uh, I don't know if you've ever stood in front of your bookshelf and gone, what book should I pick up? And uh, this one, which isn't mine, it's my partner, Jackie's, called The Artist's Way. Uh, I saw a few nods. So I haven't actually um, done this process. I've, I've done some of the things, but... This, the second part of the artist's way, so the first part is morning pages. I'm not going to try and explain it all, but journaling three pages, streams of consciousness, beautiful practice. And the second, second part is the artist's date. And so what I'd love for us to do as syntropic travelers, as we go off on our way, is to set some dates for us to hang out with our younger selves. And... I'll read a couple of passages quite quickly, um, which really drops this in. As I was reading it, I'm just like, this is perfect. The stuff just shows up, doesn't it, when it needs to. People just show up when it needs to, when you need, when you need them as well. An artist date is a block of time, perhaps two hours weekly, especially set aside and committed to nurturing your creative consciousness, your inner artist. In its most primary form, the artist date is an excursion a play date that you pre-plan and defend, defend against all interlopers. You do not take anyone on this artist date, but you and your inner artist, AKA your creative child. That means no lovers, friends, spouses, children, no taggers on of any stripe. Your artist is a child. Time with a parent matters more than money spent. A visit to a great junk store, a solo trip to the beach, an old movie seen alone together. I love that line, alone together. A visit to an aquarium or an art gallery. These cost time, not money. Remember, it is the time commitment that is sacred. So I would love, I would love for us to set a date with our weird, with our inner child. And... Um, let me know if that sounds like a good thing, something that you'd like to set up. I'd also love to drop in an inquiry for this last few minutes if it would be helpful because this is an emerging workshop to catch back up in a certain amount of time and have a bit more of an open riff about where we got to. Did we channel back in? Did we use, use this new anchor? Did we keep exploring with writing um, back from that place? And how... As adults, did we use it in times when we just got frustrated and we didn't know what to do? Could we just suddenly anchor back to that child? What would I do? So I'm going to open up the floor. Um, Christine and I will send you an email with this in a few more words uh, and a few of the links. But I'd just love to open up the floor if anyone has any questions in the last few minutes about anything. Uh, I just wants to make a comment. That'd be amazing. Um, I'm, uh, when it comes to Zooms and 
time I've got to have dinner with my beautiful partner and I'll, so I have to get off. But um, yeah, I just love to keep the time sacred and um, yeah, feel free to put your hand up. Mila. I just wanted to share that Colleen actually put her hand up after cover to share something. <laughs> just awesome. Let's go. Let's go, Colleen. It's hard to see everyone on this. So <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Mila. And and yeah, if the time passed, it's also okay. I'm I'm open to the flow of the moment. Um yeah, so at this moment, I think what I would share is the things that really came out to me from what Hofert shared. Um is this, this state of being imaginatively present, open and curious, and, and taking that to go forward with um, and, set the, and set a date uh, to hang out. That's, that's quite precious, two whole hours just to indulge, really. And it's not a pointless indulgence, right? It's, it's, it's indulging your imagination. Bernice and I, ended up in a in a room together which is amazing because Bernice and I live in the same village in the Netherlands and, and we, we know each other so <laughs> um, but we both had a tree in common in our youths where we we would hang out and have take flights of imagination um, and for me being a career coach career consultant a career crisis is really a crisis of imagination um, so I love that connection and um, and I loved, I loved getting in touch with my weird again, because there was definitely some good weirdness to, uh, to remember. So that remembering of those elements is such an important part. So thank you for letting us all froth, Benny. And thank you, Mila, for the opportunity to share this little bit. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you for such a powerfully beautiful input. Uh, it's just gone time. So if anyone has to go right now, they definitely can. No hard feelings. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of the evening or start to the day or continuation of the day. Um, but I'm just going to hang out for an extra 10 minutes because I just would love to have a bit of a riff. I'm sure it'll be okay. Um, so if anyone wants to have a little bit of a yarn, um, ask any questions about Syntropic World, um, more than happy to, yeah, go on a riff. Let's just mm -hmm. Benny. Yeah. Go ahead, Eva. Eva, yeah, Eva can, Eva had loved to hear from Eva. Thank <laughs> you, Christine, Tony, and Benny. Hello. Thank you. How are you? Um, I really enjoyed uh, the workshop, and this is my first, you know, um, meeting within a, a Syntropic event. And I feel, and maybe this is just me personally, it's almost as if they're, they're little seeds that were planted and I'll start thinking about it more, you know, moving back into that childhood space. And what was it like for me? I shared the breakout room with Lenka and um, yeah, I was brought back to a time almost that I'd forgotten about, you know, it took me a few minutes to think about it to come back to that space. And, you know, uh, it's really precious because life moves so fast and we don't really stop to look back at those times. So thank you. It's so lovely to see you again, Eva. And I know we've been uh, trying to connect. Uh, we'll definitely make sure that that happens. But Tanya and I love you and and uh, sending you big love to you in Ireland. Yeah. Thank you. And same back to you and Tony and everybody. Thanks.
Penny, may I say something? I know I'm driving. I wasn't really participating very well. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's pretty hard to hear. So be sh be be right. I'll, I'll yeah. speak right to my mind. Um, so yeah, it was just a memory for me. I'm, I'm driving uh, towards the Tanzanian border from Kenya, and there's been a lot of rain, and there's just been like flowers as far as my eye can see. Just took me back to like this That's is like really. the massive fairy gardens. I used to build these epic fairy gardens as a child uh, and fly around them. And I just feel there was such a cosmic sense of humor that as I drive, it looks like and feels like I'm driving in one of my fairy, fairy lands that I created. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm. Can I say something? Who's? Esther. Yeah. Oh, Esther. Esther, lovely. Hi, everyone. Um, hi, yeah. can you hear me okay? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Morning over here, so forgive me. Um, but this is my first time being on here, and now it was invited by the lovely Daria. Um, I've really enjoyed it, and it's, it's just been a wonderful experience connecting with my childhood. And it's actually when I was in um, a session with, is it Tal? Talara, is it Talara? How does that how you pronounce it? Sorry, forgive me if I didn't pronounce it right. But anyway, I um I realized how my childhood has now shaped my now thinking or is shaping my now thinking. And it's just a wonderful experience connecting with my five-year-old self and um where I am now. So um yeah, I've really enjoyed this session. Thank you very much. And thanks for inviting me, Daria. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Esther. I think Mila, you got. Oh, I was just wondering, and it's a selfish wondering because I missed the first hour. I wanted to have more of this a play, more kind of play circle, syntropic play. <laughs> and we explore in play all the syntropic definitions in our bodies. Yeah. Well, Mila, we can do that. You can be in charge of that one. <laughs> okay, with Benny. <laughs> you, know, you and Benny can get up to some play mischief. I'm sure there'll be other people who'd like to, to help uh, uh, bring that together. And, and that's what we do um, in Centropic for those who haven't been familiar, you know, part of the community is an incredible opportunity for people to uh, bring their own brilliance and magic uh, in a way that really um, nourishes and supports themselves and others um, as we sort of like create these uh, new models, new maps, new mindsets, new ways of being in the world. So um, <laughs> it's in co completely emergent and, <laughs> and so much fun. <laughs> so yeah, good on you, Miller. Thank you. Helen, did you want to say something? Um, you need to move close because we can't hear you. I wasn't actually planning to say anything, but <laughs> but uh, maybe I could just share something. Um, it's really you're really your your volume is really low. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bob. I can't yeah. Think. Don't know what to do, so I'll leave, I'll say it for next time. Leave it for next. Okay. Time. Maybe you can type something, Helen. Love to hear from you. 
Anyone else? So what? Um, so what it's, we're going to Lenka. do? Chris, Christine Lenka put her hand up. Okay, Lenka, go, Lenka. I'm I'm looking for you on the screen. Oh, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for inviting me. This has been really, really good fun. Um, and I think I, I really enjoyed the exercises of what makes me weird. Because I think as, as, as Mila said, we don't, or we don't, or somebody else said, we don't often get the chance to, to go back and look at it, look at our childhood with adult eyes and, and, and we evaluate it almost. Um, I had a, um, one-to-one -one with Eva um, and the words she used about my, you know, the, the, my safe space and, and my place was, was magical. And, and you kind of go back and think, well, actually, you're right. It's something you take for granted, but it is. It was a very magical place. And you start to unravel the seeds that go and the roots that go deeper than you actually think um, or have allowed them to be. So, and thank you for the uh, for the generous space and and the openness because I think that's that's quite rare as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we uh, lo love to have you. Um, I think you're planning to do the masterclass. There's a masterclass starting in the Euro time zone um, in a couple of weeks, and uh, and so just an FYI, um, we make it affordable. If if the money is an issue, we make it possible. Um, and, uh, you know, it really is about um, uh, supporting the work of Centropic for a world with a future. So, um, and, and one of the amazing things about our community is the openness, the open-hearted, wholehearted, uh, incredible people that show up um, from so many walks of life and, uh, and just really uh, support and uplift each other. You know, it's just, it's just been really humbling. So thank you. <laughs> Benny, do you want to close? <laughs> that sounds like a, a perfect place to finish. Uh, thank you all for attending. Um, big thanks to Christine and Bob for supporting. Tony for getting up, getting out from, <laughs> from uh, sharing after I know you weren't really frothing on having a share, but um, I, that was one of my favourites. And yeah, thanks, thanks to you all. It's just been a magical experience. I think it's just that's. Like I mentioned at the start, when I had that yarn with Darren, let's start having more yarns about this. Let's um, let's share that magic, uh, inquire with each other about, you know, what did you get up to when you were a child? What what um, what what can we remember? Because that's really, I guess, what we're trying to do is is remember as uh, humans and come back together as whole humans, supporting each other and this beautiful planet that we live on. Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Benny. We'll, we'll send an email out. Um, there'll be opportunity for participation in lots of different ways. But thank you, everyone, and for your bravery of attendance, the new people here. And we do hope to see you again and, uh, and sending um, much love and light to um, the rest of the community. Have a wonderful day, evening, afternoon, and we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. 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 Mm-hmm.